Hi everyone, and welcome to Crime Science. In this podcast, we explore the science of crime and the practical application of this science for loss prevention and asset protection practitioners, as well as other professionals. Welcome everybody to another episode of Crime Science, the podcast. This is the latest in our weekly update series, and I'm joined by Tony D'Onofrio and our co-host, as well as our producer, Diego Rodriguez. And we're going to kind of go around and talk a little bit, as per usual, about what's going on in the world. And uh, I'll start off and uh, talk a little bit about, uh, as we as we finish up uh, integrate preparation here, uh, again, the, the active assailant scenario that we're doing here in 2024 for LPRC Integrate, um, we're trying to incorporate uh, at, at different levels. It's almost like a recipe uh, where you're going to have a level of flavors. And uh, we were watching a cooking show the other day, and uh, you can you can see how they're trying to have this saturation of different flavors, profiles, and all this sort of thing. Well, we're really doing the same thing here in that we're trying to understand uh, from an offender standpoint, wh- how do they navigate the world? What are they thinking? What are they perceiving? How do they interpret and respond to stimuli or to them uh, things that are stimuli, other people, uh, their job situation, their uh, moods, um, you know, their their circumstances and position and, and, and all these things uh, that's what we want to try and understand from the offender standpoint, whether they're there or coming there to your place to steal from you, to defraud you, uh, to violently victimize you or someone there. Um, and so we're trying to saturate that in there. Uh, we're also trying to understand other context around that, the people that are there, the place that's there, the assets that are there and so forth. But one thing that uh, we think is very important is In asset protection, loss prevention, security, law enforcement, uh, in the military, the the intention is so critical. The intention is to safeguard the vulnerable, safeguard people, protect them from insider and outsider threats. People that in the moment or over time decide for a reason or a variety of reasons, they want to harm somebody. They want to hurt them. They want to take their possessions. They want to frighten them. They want to defraud them uh, or worse. And so uh, that's what's going on. But but in, in this case, uh, and whether we're talking about military or law enforcement or loss prevention or asset protection, we're talking about taking the high ground. Uh, that is the purpose, is to safeguard the vulnerable, to, to increase guardianship, to reduce victimization by reducing the amount of people uh, and the frequency that those people try and harm somebody else, right? We're trying to deter them or take action to compel them uh, to not do something or not do it a certain way or do it some other time or place and so on. Um but there are guardrails, right? And part of this too is that we operate in an environment where what we do and how we do it is going to be judged. We, we, we're seeing in the media right now in 2023 and now in 24, uh, the media having this, uh, not the media, let's just say some reporters or stories or their editors uh, that are making claims that retail organizations or the people in those organizations are exaggerating or even making up the fact that there's 
a problem or that problems like theft, fraud, and violence are actually increasing in frequency and in uh, place. They're, they're expanding, extending beyond uh, core cities and things like that, that they're going out in the hinterlands. This is all somehow fabricated or exaggerated uh, based on you know a couple of things here and there on official data, uh, not based on what the retailers are re recording and in some cases reporting. Uh, particularly to a research team like the LPRC and the University of Florida. So we want to be careful on what we do and how we do it because we're we're on the high ground. We're trying to guard people, increase that guardianship, protect them, reduce the problems and the outcomes of those problems, the harm. So the point is, uh, I think some of the guardrails that I've seen, uh, particularly that the military might establish, um, we've seen this in the United States Army, uh, we see, uh, I've seen some debriefs of uh, IDF attorneys, uh, the Israeli Def Defense Force, for example, and others, where they're trying to understand uh, how do we do things the right way. <clears throat> and I think in our field, trying to re reduce crime events, crime attempts, and victimization and harm, we're talking about uh, what's our intention and making sure that we understand it. It's very clear that what we're trying to do is only target offenders, not everybody. Uh, only those people that have expressed an intent to harm somebody else uh, or and or demonstrated that their intention is to uh, victimize, defraud, steal from, uh, hit, shoot, uh, or whatever it might be. So we only target offenders and their supporters, those that are providing weapons, uh, information, uh, that are converting stolen goods to cash and, and things like that. So only offenders, including their supporters, which are by definition offenders, uh, and, and only the infrastructure uh, that takes that they need to hide, to drive in, uh, to uh, shoot with, uh, and things like that, crime tools, and so on. So the first part of having our guardrails is let's make sure that we have very clear intention, and our intention is only to deter, to disrupt, to detain, to document criminal offenders. Uh, and those offenders are identified to us because of what they are saying and what they are doing, not who they are, what they look like, that what they're doing and what they're saying is, inc is incredibly important here. And that's our distinction, right? So first guardrail, intention, it's clear. We target only offenders and their offenders because of what they're saying and doing. Um, the second part is other precautions that we are using intelligence, information. This is why it's so vital that we have early detection, better definition, that we are sharing. We are connecting with each other uh, within our stores, between stores, between retailers, between retailers and uh, law enforcement or other uh, partners out there that uh, we're taking precautions. And that one way is through intelligence that we are, in fact, detecting and defining, identifying criminal offenders, right? That we're leveraging that intelligence, that information. Uh, we also, another part of this, in addition to intel, is validation. We're, we're validating uh, what we've heard or seen, if, if at all possible. Sometimes if there's a person running at somebody with a firearm or a crowbar or pulling open garbage bags and filling them up, uh, the validation can be pretty simple, but 
not something short of that, that's where we're validating. We have multi-source, multi-source, uh, uh, multi-modal modes being, you know, uh, camera systems, uh, online postings. Those are different modes. Um, word on the street, uh, somebody calls a hotline uh, or sends in a text or email or a DM or some other category of digital communication. So we want to have good intel. And we want to validate wherever possible and however possible that that information that we have an offender, that we have a potential crime or that we have a crime that's occurred that somebody is converting stolen goods to cash or whatever. Right. A bank right of the event. Right. So Intel validation timing is important, too. Right. We we time our actions. We may not take action against somebody because we think they're going to say something or do something unless we have good Intel that they've already started, they're progressing, they're acquiring, they're communicating, they're coordinating with others. They have already committed one crime and now they're going kinetic for the next crime. Not that somebody's in their living room or sitting on a, a park bench. Um, we have no idea. We just think they're this or that. So Intel validation timing, you know, those kind of, and then notifications. Um, so that's what's important. We have good intentions to, to protect uh, we only target offenders. Um, we only destroy or uh, detain or uh, obtain. Then uh, this is what you see, like with law enforcement, uh, seizing property, assets, cash, stolen goods, um, the vehicles or uh, warehouses or aircraft or whatever it might be, the assets or the, the particulars of the crime, uh, those conveyances and others. And then proportionality. So intention, precautions. Now we're talking about proportionality, that we only respond in kind. We, we've heard people talk about, well, when somebody steals something, you should blow them up or something like that, right? There, what we're talking about is that there is a proportionality to it. Um, it's, it. it's difficult in all of these cases. None of this is easy, but the idea is we're trying to reduce crime and we're trying to do it the right way. We're trying to do it the right way by being highly precise, very accurate and very effective. Uh, but we're also trying to do it the right way by establishing guidelines, guardrails uh, to maintain a strong intention to only try and affect real offenders, um, uh, dangerous people, uh, things like that, that we're taking good precautions by using good information, intelligence, that we're trying to have multi-source information for validation. Yep, I think this is actually the right person, that they are doing this thing this way, that this other person is involved, and so on, and that our our actions and responses are, are relatively proportional to what's going on. So just a few things to think about. Um, you know, it's not here to lecture, but to talk in, as we think about how we're working on preventing crime, preventing victimization, reducing harm. So anyway, with no further ado, I'm going to go over to Tony D'Onofrio. And in the meantime, I look forward to seeing everybody in Gainesville that's signed up and coming in for our Ignite uh, Board of Advisors meeting, our LPRC Innovate Advisory Panel, and to participate in. And we will be participating, to be very participatory. It's going to be amazing. Um, in, in our Ignite session this year, again, the active assailant, active shooter exercises on threat assessment and management on movement to contact by the shooter in this case from point a to the target location 
and how to track and trace and understand and do that better. And then, of course, on handling a horrific kinetic situation and then trying to respond and recover. So looking forward to all that. Tony, take it away. Read, uh, for all those great updates, uh, let me start this week with a new report from Deloitte on the state of the U.S. economy and the most important retail technology trends that they see this year. First, here is the economic outlook for the United States in 2024, as reported by Deloitte. The U.S. economy seems to be, have avoided a recession, even as inflation has dropped. This is good news especially at a time when geopolitical tensions are rising, growth in key U.S. economic partners is slowing, and there's uncertainty over budget funding. Consumers have benefited from rising wages due to a strong labor market and declining inflation. They have also drawn from their pandemic-era savings to fund more purchases. This dip in personal savings, however, will weigh on consumer spending in 2024 and 25. In addition, consumers face headwinds from high rents, rising home prices, and repayments of student loan debt. Two key trends will shape the future of the business environment, tighter labor markets and higher long-term interest rates. First, slow labor force growth and continued high demand require companies to offer higher wages and lo to lower skilled workers and be more imaginative about hiring. Second, long-term interest rates are unlikely to return to the lows of the late 2010s. This slowing of, uh, the, the slowing of China's savings growth, a need for large investments, public and private, to address climate change and efforts to build supply chain resiliency will likely keep capital demands strong. Deloitte's baseline forecast for the U.S. economy anticipates continued growth in consumer spending at a rate below GDP growth due to falling inflation, low unemployment, and increased productivity growth. The aftermath of the pandemic led to a shift in consumer spending patterns, with the dollar value of durable goods increasing 43% versus 24% rising spending on services since Q4 2019. This is unlikely to continue with the forecast suggesting a slower growth trajectory for durables spending relative to consumption and income over the next five years. Interesting in the same uh, research are the technologies that Deloitte feels are important in 2024 for the retail industry. Two of these technologies target customer experiences. The first is AI uh, smart cards. These technologies include computer vision and personalized shopping features, and the benefits uh, provided are instant uh, checkout, real-time analysis of cart and shelves. The second is interactive AI smart displays. This feature displays a recognized customer facial expressions to tailor content. The benefits include personalized customer interaction based on mood detection. Four other technologies stand out for improving operations and management. The first is intelligent tags. These provide continuous item level insights with real-time tracking of product location, availability, and performance. The second is optimized pricing and store design. This features systems that analyze and store data on in-store behavior and external factors such as the weather. The third is AI-powered analytics. 
These include systems that analyze crucial data to highlight important KPIs. Through this data, tasks can be streamlined and prioritized, ensuring product availability, reduce online returns, lower wait time, and improve cleanliness. And the fourth, which should be very interesting to a lot of um, large part of this audience, is shrink management. These systems analyze customer behavior and emotions for security insights to deter theft and improve store security. So interesting in terms of the technologies that uh, Deloitte feels are very important and where the economy is headed. Switching topics, let me go to Chain Store Age and explain how retailers are look to grow and leverage technology in 2024. As they state, growth is top of mind for retailers with 61% saying that they're eager to expand in the coming year, though they are split as to whether to prioritize brick and mortar at 52% or online offerings at 48%. This report surveyed thousands of business owners and consumers in the U.S., Canada, UK, and Australia. More than more than four in ten retailers surveyed said they plan to stay competitive this year by improving customer relationship to faster and easier communication channels. Thirty-nine percent said they plan on providing more payment options such as buy now, pay later, and thirty-eight percent said they plan to offer more in-store events and shopping experiences, strengthen loyalty through our rewards programs and reach customers through marketing programs. Over half or 56% of retailers said they will be close, taking a closer look at marketing tactics for Gen Z in 2024 as the younger generation purchasing power continues to increase. This marks an increase from just 43% of retailers who focused on marketing to Gen Z in 2022. Technology will play a key role in both retail and restaurants in 2024, with 100% of retailers and restaurant owners surveyed, stating that automation and technology have improved their businesses. Nearly half of 45% of retailers have seen greater employee retentions and increased profits as a result of their automation investments, while 67% of restaurant owners said their automation tools have directly benefited customers either through customer experience or communications. Consumers or customers said they support uh, business continuing to explore ways to automate with 76% of restaurant customers and 67% of retail customers preferring that, that business use automation over live staff in at least one area, especially for tax, making reservations or checking product inventory. So it's interesting how we're living and we want to see more automation in our stores. And I'm going to end on something totally different. I'm going to go to Harvard Business Review, and they had a very interesting article that uh, asked six questions you need to ask if you're at the midpoint of your career and you're trying to figure out what to do next. And I'm only, this week for brevity, only going to tell you the questions. Uh, And the six questions are, number one, What will I regret not having done or learned 10 years from now? Number two, how do I tap into my purpose to determine if I am in a meaningful career? Number three, what mastery or gift have I developed that I can offer to the world? Number four, what do I do 
what do my days look like? So what do my days look like? That's number four. Number five, what trade-offs am I willing to make or more importantly, no longer willing to make? And number six, what is getting better about my life? These are actually excellent questions uh, and I ask these myself actually many times. And in fact, it's one of the reasons I recently wrote a book called Unleash My Brand, which you can find on Amazon. And in that a book, I actually explore how I found my midpoint in my career probably too late and created a personal brand. And I would encourage all of you to ask these questions and start much earlier on your much improved journey of happiness. And with that, let me turn it over. All right. Amazing. Thanks so much. Really good stuff. Thank you, Tony, uh, as always. And uh, it's amazing to work with two presidents of two major uh, loss prevention organizations uh, like Control Tech and Sensormatic. Um, and I want to thank Diego Rodriguez, our producer. I want to thank each and every one of you all. And please keep in touch, operations at lpresearch.org. Stay safe, stay in touch. Thanks for listening to the Crime Science Podcast presented by the Loss Prevention Research Council. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can find more crime science episodes and valuable information at lpresearch.org. The content provided in the Crime Science Podcast is for informational purposes only and is not a substitute for legal, financial, or other advice. Views expressed by guests of the Crime Science Podcast are those of the authors and do not reflect the opinions or positions of the Loss Prevention Research Council. 